and welcome back to Baking with Booze, the podcast where two friends talk about a few of the things they love most, food and the paranormal. We are your hosts, Bree and Katie, and each week we will serve you up a tasty treat and terrifying tale. So grab a blanket and a snack as we share with you what we've dug up. All right, welcome back, everybody, to August, right? September? September. September. <laughs> Holy fuck. September's devilish dessert episode. Um, Brie, how was your month? What's something positive that's happened to you in the last month? You know, I find it amusing that I texted you the other day to remind you to do this. Yeah. And I did not do this. <laughs> um, okay, well, here's the thing. The only way I was like, hey, Brie, what positive thing happened to you this month? Well, so you would have to go first so I could think of something positive that happened to me over the last month. <laughs> nice. So it seems once again, neither one of us did an assignment we gave ourselves. We're good at that. Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> um, well, <hilarious. laughs> okay, so... Uh, this past month, so August, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, how did we do it the last time where it was like we were talking about the month before? So, um, yeah, August was pretty good. Some positive things that happened, you know, the kids were able to go back to school this year. They both really wanted to go back in person. Um, so they've been doing that. The school also opened up the soccer league again, and they are both in soccer, much to uh, my body's dismay, because I spend over two hours at the soccer field uh, twice a week, and that doesn't include games yet, so here we be. Oh my. Oh my. It it makes me happy for them, because they're enjoying it, but I'm dying a little bit inside. Uh, At least it's getting some energy out. Uh, you would think so. Oh, God, okay. Sorry. You, you would think so, but nay, nay. Um, <laughs> uh, I was also really excited to be able to go to a Maroon 5 concert uh, at the end of the month. I went with Chris and my uh, dad and his wife. We were That was really awesome. Uh, I haven't been to a concert in a bit, and the last time that I was at that specific center was uh, a decade ago. Um, I got the last of my teeth fixed. Uh, I had significant dental work to be done, and that is all done. We were also able to pay off uh, the honeymoon, so we are all set for that. Yay! We, I got my dress. Um, we are pretty much ready except for, you know, the last couple little bit of decorations here and then paying off, uh, like the photographer and the venue and whatnot. You know, they want you to wait till like the last motherfucking second. Yeah. Um, so we are all but ready. For the wedding, uh, we did find somebody else to officiate since there was a little bit of um, 
unfortunate. Yeah, uh, an unfortunate snafu that was nobody's fault. But uh, Katie is now my maid of honor, and so we had to find somebody to officiate, and we were able to get uh, <laughs> uh, a lovely person named Grandma Dave. Um, who is everything that you could possibly think of with this name right now. Um, Grandma Dave hosts Rocky Horror Picture Shows. Um, I have never personally met Grandma Dave, but he is the man, the myth, the legend in my mind. And from all the different friend groups, uh, he is essentially Elton John to me that sort of uh, flamboyancy that is happening. So that is who is going to be officiating my wedding. Which I'm super excited for. I... <laughs> It'll definitely be much more entertaining and probably go much more smoothly without me officiating and me just standing behind you smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so I am now much more looking forward to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else good for your month? Um... Not that I can think of off the top of my head, but you know what I get on a, a train here, and I'll probably think of something else later. How about you? Um, my month, what good thing happened to you? Oh, I got my, um, I had an evaluation done at work, my yearly evaluation, and that went pretty well. So I got a raise. Nice. Um, and I, I know I've talked about it already on one of the last episodes, but um, I was able to go to a comedy show to see Dan Cummins with some friends here a couple weeks ago in Cleveland. So that was like the biggest highlight of my month. Um, other than that, as far as positive stuff goes, I mean, uh, well, it hasn't been a horrible month or anything, but you know, not really anything big or important going on. Everything's been going smoothly, so I suppose that's positive. That's really all I have for my month. Ooh. Now, on to our dessert. You made the dessert, and what did you make? I made pumpkin crisp. It is so crisp. It is so crisp. Yes. The pumpkin. There will, there will be a TikTok video for this. Yes. yes. Super excited to see it. Um, also, just a caveat, if you go to watch the TikTok video, I did say tablespoon where I meant to say teaspoon. I did, uh, put that in, like, as text, um, but I was not going back over and reshooting the whole thing, um, or rather doing the voiceover again. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oops. So don't, don't use the spices that I tell you in the quantity that I tell you. <laughs> TikTok was a bit of a challenge for you this evening. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. We're working. You, you got it. We, you got it. Yes. So it'll be better. Yes. This was my yeah. first multi-step TikTok. Yes. And so, I... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and it was a bit of a challenge to get all figured out, but we got it. It'll be fine. Good. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about this pumpkin crisp. 
So the pumpkin crisp, it is very much uh, like a pumpkin pie. So you're, um, you're making the filling first, which is pumpkin puree, evaporated milk, um, vanilla. It said pumpkin spice. All we had at the store was apple pie spice, but it is the same thing. It's all cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. It is the same thing. I, you know, just marketing is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you found a way to incorporate some singing yes. that you missed out on in your last ep- in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost I did it in my TikTok, too. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so put that in the pan, and then you make kind of that crumble topping. Um, It did call for you to take some ginger snap cookies and pound the shit out of them until they're a flour consistency instead of using, like, a gluten-free flour. But, obviously, I can't do that. So I compensated um, by using gluten-free flour. I added ginger and added a little bit of uh extra apple pie spice because it had every other spice that i needed for uh ginger snap cookies Mm -hmm. um and then i added a little bit of extra brown sugar just to compensate what would be the sweetness anyway um but it was that flour mixture uh oats melted butter brown sugar, pretty simple. You just want a crumbly texture. You put it on top of the pumpkin, put it in the oven at 350 for 35 to 40 minutes. I chose 38 minutes because my oven doesn't seem to like the five or the tens. And yeah, it turned out, it's very much like pumpkin pie consistency. With, of course, uh-huh. like, the crisp top. top. I would so be down for that. He's very good. You. I hope that you make it again, just for us to enjoy. Oh, I will. Like, I, I've never made a pumpkin pie from scratch before, just because I don't have the desire to. I don't particularly like pumpkin pie. Um, Either. I just, I, I don't like it but I like the pumpkin crisp I think it's because the crisp part is a little bit more flavorful than just a pie crust I can see that and the flavor sort of seeps down in there and you know I come from a family who has issues with baking One of my aunts uh, made a pumpkin pie without sugar when I was a kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was a trip and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So my my introduction to pumpkin pies in this life was traumatic at best. So. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the first time I tried lemonade that didn't have any sugar in it. It was awful, which was. The only time I ever made it for myself. Well, <laughs> I can't wait to try that pumpkin crisp sometime. 
I will have to do it for, you know, either sometime here soon or if we have a Friendsgiving this year, it will be coming with me. Ew. Well, you might have to have a Friendsgiving just for that. <laughs> Friendsgiving uh, pumpkin crisp. Yes. Would you like some pumpkin crisp? Or we have also to offer you some more pumpkin crisp. <laughs> <clears throat> Minimum of five pans pumpkin crisp. <laughs> Turkey oh, oh, optional. Like we're eating pumpkin crisp. <laughs> Turkey uh, optional. Cider. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for your beautiful dessert. Now, would you like to go first on stories, or would you like me to go first? Um. I guess I can go first. I have two stories. Do you have two as well? I have two as well. Okay. Uh, I guess we didn't preface that this we are um, doing this the same night that we did the other remote story. Um, actually, this one will be coming out first, so that's why Katie's voice might sound a little bit funny, um, because my oldest son was sick, not COVID, just sick. And, uh, unfortunately she would have had to come over here. So we decided that it was better just to do a, a remote recording. Yes. So So if I sound funny, that is why. Yes. That's because we are on a phone call. That is also why she did not get to partake in the pumpkin crisp and why we don't automatically know how many stories the, the other one has and so on and so forth. Yes. And why we keep interrupting each other. Because we can't see that the other one's starting to talk. <laughs> yes. I'm finding this very difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, go ahead with your first story. Okay. So, as we talked about last time, uh, Devilish Desserts is now um, kind of a hodgepodge of short stories. Like, stories that we thought about doing and didn't end up having enough to do an actual story about. So my first story is the shorter of the two, and this is the true story behind Freddy Krueger. Oh. Yeah, I oh. was I was very inspired by our fuck Mary kill. Oh God. With okay. with Freddy, and I uh, yeah, so I took some inspiration from that. And we have all heard the, you know, he was a real person, that he was from Cincinnati. Did you know that? No. Okay. So, he was from Cincinnati, that um, he uh, did kill kids and worked in, like, a factory and so on and so forth. It, it circulates all the time on social media. Um around Halloween and I think he was like I think it said that he was born 18 something or another um there's also rumor you know other rumors that um Freddie's mom was raped by a bunch of different people um and that's why he's so twisted so on and so forth none of these are true Including the Cincinnati one. None of these are true. Oh my, okay. Yeah, wild, right? So, there is a Freddy Krueger in Cincinnati. 
That part is true. He did exist. He has nothing to do with the story. The story behind Freddy Krueger actually came from a kid in Africa. Oh. So, there were... The true story behind Nightmare on Elm Street... So, Wes Craven talks about the central theme of the movie... Uh, the idea of being like killed in your dreams was directly inspired by a true story that he read in the LA Times about a family who escaped, escaped killing fields in Cambodia and then came to the US. Everything was fine for a while and then suddenly one of the younger sons uh, started having disturbing nightmares. He told his parents that he was afraid to sleep and that the thing would chase him and would like try to get him so he tried to stay awake for days at a time now i don't know if you know but like if you're awake longer if you're like awake for three days you start to have major mental uh malfunctions and hallucinations Uh um it's not good like if you are awake 36 hours you are starting to um break down mentally you know there um so this was not helping his condition either but he would stay awake for days at a time and when he finally did fall asleep his you know parents thought that okay it's over he's finally asleep then they heard a scream in the middle of the night coming from their son and by the time that they got to him he had died in the middle of the nightmare. He, you know, everybody was just denying that he was having this issue. And, yeah, he died from whatever, he died from fright. Oh my god. Yeah. And so the name Freddy Krueger actually came from his real-life childhood bully, who was named Freddy Krueger. So that is the actual story behind Freddy Krueger. It has nothing to do with Frederick Krueger from Cincinnati. It has nothing to do with, you know, uh, his mom being in a psychiatric ward or him being in a psychiatric ward. It came from the story in the LA Times and Wes Craven's childhood bully. Wow. That's fucking wild. Isn't it? Yeah. Alright, well, fucking starting off strong. Yeet. So, as I stated, I have two stories as well. And I am also going to start off with the shorter one. So I am going to tell you about the Seven Gates of Hell in Pennsylvania. Oh, shit. So um, there are two popular versions of this myth with numerous variants of each. Mm-hmm. One states that a mental institution used to be located on either Toad Road or Trout Run Road, 
depending on the source, in Hellum Township, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It was erected in a remote location so as to isolate people deemed insane from the rest of the world. One day in the 1800s, a fire broke out, and due to its remoteness, firefighters could not reach the hospital in time to save it. Many patients died in the flames, while others escaped and were soon beaten to death. The gates' role in the story is disputed. Some say that the gates were put up by the local search party to trap the remaining inmates. Others say that, completely unrelated to the asylum story, an eccentric physician who lived on the property built several gates along the path deep into the forest. Both accounts agree on only one gate being visible during the day, but the other six can be seen at night. According to the legend, no one has ever passed the fifth degree, the fifth gate, but if they passed all seven, they would go directly to hell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Another story about the gates of hell is of a man in the 1950s who murdered his wife and children with a shotgun and impaled their corpses on the spikes of one of the gates. Jesus. <laughs> Before the house was torn down, bullet holes were visible in the garage door and in the wall on the side of the house where the garage door was located. So, <laughs> that was my little blip about the seven gates of hell. Mm -hmm. um, I have heard other stories about basically what is supposed to happen is as you're going through the gates, things progressively start to get weirder. Huh. Um, I saw a story somewhere about uh, this young, well, young, like teenage uh, boy and girl who had heard about the gates and, you know, basically like daring each other and filming it. Like, you know, this is just a hoax, blah, blah, blah. Um, the, the further they got, the more gates they went through, crazier things started happening to them. And in one of the gates, I can't remember which one it was, I want to say it was either three or four, they noticed that it seemed darker, Ugh. which is certainly possible considering it's in the woods. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> but it also seemed more quiet. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was like the, the first biggest thing that started, you know, freaking them out. They went another gate and they saw basically like a shadow person. Nope. Um, kind of like standing closer to the entrance of the next gate. Incorrect. But was actively like watching them Ugh. um and i'm like about ready to come at them basically. no no thank you and so that was as far as they got um yeah so that's that's my little story about the seven gates of hell in pennsylvania i believe that's in uh york county so well, I don't like yeah. how close it is, but they can fucking keep it. Yeah, um, my uncle actually lives in York County. Okay, well, he can fucking keep it. Um, so you best believe... Oh, I should actually 
with this and not um, get myself in trouble by saying I'm going to go there because I'm not uh, going to go there. Um, but it is private property and you can be arrested. It's not open to the public at all. As it so, should be. <laughs> yeah, as it fucking should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> although, uh, I don't know, I might drive by, uh, <laughs> take a little peek. Beep, beep. You know, the, yeah, the next time I um, go uh, visit my uncle, mm-hmm. um, that location, or at least close to there, also has another type of gate, which I may talk about in another episode. Huh. It's another frightening tale, very similar. So, that is my story. Nice. Kind of. Sort of hate it. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Makes right, me cringy. Yeah. What about your next story? Okay, so my next slash last story for you. So I sent Katie this wonderful little ditty. <laughs> and I... This is what just came up in my head as I was researching this. Um, because I knew that I wanted to do this, but I was trying to figure out how to, uh, how to spin it. So it counts as a cryptid, it counts as a cryptid. Because there have been sightings, quote unquote, of this being. So in NASA, uh, NASA has released a photo of a mysterious object on Mars, spotted several days ago. No official word what it might be, but clearly it resembles uh, some deity. We'll put it that way. Another source, a reputable science magazine called The New Scientist, reports that this deity was spotted off the Anglin coast uh, an area notorious for piracy. I, uh, the article reads, I'm, ex- I'm happy about the sighting and encouraged that serious science and journalism is taking this, uh, is talking about this so freely. The cryptid that I'm speaking of is the flying spaghetti monster. several sightings of the flying spaghetti monster. Now, some of you may not know what the fuck we are talking about. So, the there is an entire church of the fl- flying spaghetti monster. So, okay. I'm going to read you the little about from their uh, church website. Also, They have a fun little YouTube video as an intro to their church. Um, Very VeggieTales looking to me, which is just delightful. So so this is from SpaghettiMonster.org, and I quote, 
the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, after having existed in secrecy for hundreds of years, came into the mainstream just a few years ago. With millions, if not thousands, of devout worshippers, the Church of the FSM is widely considered a legitimate religion, even by its opponents, mostly fundamentalist Christians, who have accepted... (laughs) Who have accepted <laughs> that our God has larger balls than theirs. Because he has meatballs. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you're talking about this. <laughs> oh, God. Some claim that the church is purely a thought experiment or a satire illustrating that intelligent design is not science, just a pseudoscience manufactured by Christians to push creationism into public schools. These people are mistaken. The church of the FSM is legit and backed by hard science. Anything that comes across as humor or satire is purely coincidental. Okay. (laughs) So, I... (laughs) This just cracks me the fuck up, and I love that there is, like, photo evidence, whether it is doctored or not. I just enjoy the photo evidence behind this to say that the spaghetti monster exists. Uh, These people call themselves Pastafarians. Yep. Yep. And so there is another section in... (laughs) that talks about so what is the business with pirates beer volcano and stripper factories (laughs) basically their religious text tells them that humans evolved from pirates uh, considered so called science experts uh, believe that humans evolved from primates um, pointing towards like their shared DNA of 99% but Pastafarians believe that they evolved from pirates, which share 99.9% DNA with humans. Pirates. Uh, pirates. Also, they believe that um, Christians got it wrong. Heaven actually really, the afterlife, excuse me, really holds a beer volcano and a stripper factory. Do they realize that? No other species has pirates other than humans. And so that it only makes sense that humans share the same DNA as humans. Truly, it is a satirical religion, but it is viewed as a legitimate religion. Um, most people... It's, it's one of those, like, highbrow making fun of things. Like, we're too cool for school, so we're just gonna go head fucking long into this. Um. Speaking of head, um, and not the head that you think I'm talking about. Alright. You dirty pervert. Well, you know, my eyebrows were in my hairline there for a second. (laughs) Fucking ears perked up. No. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember at some point, correct me if I'm wrong, or tell me if you remember this as well. I do believe within the last 10 years, at least we'll say, that's the safeguard, probably a little less than that, but we'll say 10, 10 years, um, Mm -hmm. 
somebody who is a Pastafarian, self-proclaimed Pastafarian, whatever, yes. um, was allowed to take their driver's license photo with a strainer on top of their head. Correct. What in the fuck, dude? I... Okay. Yes. Can, can be done. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that that was something that existed in real life and that I didn't, like, make it up in my fucking head. Nope, you didn't make up, make it up in your head. It is considered religious garb. Uh, okay. You, Sorry. you are free to join this religion. Uh, again, it's spaghettimonster.org. Um, is all the information that you could possibly want to look at about this. You can be ordained. Fucking ordained. I should have been ordained by the Flying Spaghetti Monster Church so I could do your wedding. <laughs> I get a war strainer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, okay, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm just very surprised. All right, I'm done. I'm I, <laughs> I I feel like I'm walking a fine line of fascination, <laughs> hilarity, and trying to present the facts to you as they are given to me. <laughs> tell you that there have been official sightings of the flying out of being uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) But but basically the flying spaghetti monster looks like this bundle of pasta with little like uh, sort of snail eyes, if you will, and then has two uh, meatballs that it's holding. Anything else? 
Nope, I came here to tell you about the thing that I consider a cryptid, and it has a religion. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, I have to breathe because I have one parting thing to say. <laughs> So with this, I will sign off. Thy noodle come, thy sauce be yum, ramen. Um, and thank you for tuning in to Patient Whispers. Uh, this is our last episode ever. Um, we, we can't top that. You're not even getting a last story from me. We're just done. Thank you for being on this beautiful journey with us. We love you all. Please reach out uh, and let us know how much you enjoyed our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, balls. Uh, Lots of meatballs. (laughs) Fuck's sake. Okay. That was probably the most beautiful story I've ever heard on our podcast. <laughs> it was heartwarming. It had comedy. It had some fiction. It had some real life. It was just, it was the chef's kiss of all stories anywhere. Who <laughs> <sighs> uh, needs a gym membership? <laughs> Unfortunately named. Yeah. (laughs) Built in 1145, the ancient Ram Inn is a former priest's residence, inn, and public house. It is also the oldest building in England's (laughs) Lawton Under Edge. (laughs) Long before the building's construction, its story begins in the low-lying wetlands (laughs) near Potter's Pond. I almost said Poland's Pond. Um, (laughs) This land sits on the intersection of two ley lines, areas that certain people believe contain significantly high spiritual energy. Using a map, these lines can be traced directly to England's most famous sacred site, Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. Legend has it that the energy from Stonehenge travels the ley lines to feed the property's paranormal power. Additionally, the site is home to a 5,000-year-old pagan burial ground. The building first housed masons, masons, damn, slaves and workers who were constructing St. Mary's Church. Located directly across the street from the ancient Ram Inn, streams on the inn's grounds had to be diverted around the church's site. 
Many believe the redirecting of water on the ancient Ramen site opened up a portal for dark energy. One of the most well-known legends surrounding this haunted English house is that of a witch who was burned at the stake. The burning occurred in the 1500s at the height of prosecutions against those who did not practice government-sanctioned Christianity. Many believe this woman's spirit still haunts one of the ancient Ramen's rooms because she took refuge there shortly before she was captured and killed. Today, this room is known as the Witch's Room. In the late 1960s, a man named John Humphreys protected the building and its story by bravely making the ancient Ram Inn his home. John bought the house in 1968, and he was introduced to the angry ghost his first night in his new home. After going to sleep, he claims a demonic forest grabbed his arm and dragged him out of bed and across the room. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Humphreys is now in his 80s and is the only living occupant of the ancient Ram Inn. He has dedicated the later years of his life to preserving this old building and it's cost him nearly everything. His wife and three daughters left his haunted old building and the man hell-bent on safeguarding it. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy just got yeeted the fuck out of his bed, and he's like, nope, I'm still staying here to repair it. Forsaking Correct. all family just to be with his demon lover here. Correct. Okay. You are correct. Okay. <clears throat> Inside his home, Humphreys has found evidence of ritual sacrifice and devil worship. Even more disturbing, he discovered the skeletal remains of children under the staircase. Oof. <laughs> Within the skeletons were found broken daggers, which he believes were used in a deadly ritual and then broken so that they could never be used again. John Humphreys claims that he continues uh, <clears throat> that he continues to be haunted and attacked by the violent entities residing in the ancient Ram Inn. Huh. Um... Oh, I was going to say, I thought, I think you can stay there, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think you want to. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, you know, it's old. I love that old, an old world aesthetic, you know, but. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could, I could do that. Um. This location was actually investigated by Ghost Adventures. Naturally. So, yes. I am not sure what season or episode it was. I can actually try looking it up real quick. Maybe. So while you're doing that, I have a question. So, like, man, I'm having the hardest time because of, like, post-nasal drip from laughing so fucking hard. Correct. I too am having the same time. <laughs> same, same, yeah, it's difficult. Um, so the like actual the rituals with the kids and whatnot, um, <clears throat> they're not saying that that is a pagan ritual, correct? No, that's not what it said. Okay, it just said devil worshiping. Okay, it's, it's just. It's, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's just very confusing to me, um, being a, such a revered pagan site, and uh, as a pagan, there is no 
devil in the craft. That that part is true. Practical Magic had it right. There is no devil in the craft. So the fact that somebody went the motherfuck out of their way to anger <laughs> the spirits of this place um, by desecrating it that way. Yeah. Of yeah, course, a pagan burial ground. Yeah, of course something's going to be there now because you absolutely desecrated it and you don't know what you're opening yourself up to in such a high spiritual place. So, yeah, I was kind of wondering if they were, like, trying to make it, you know, the whole satanic panic thing when it comes to anything pagan. Uh, You don't know how many times I've been called a devil worshiper. I also hate that I say that in sort of that Appalachian accent, worship. Worshiper. Can we talk about that? <laughs> I hate that. But. <laughs> um, no, they weren't. I don't don't believe they were tying anything into that other than that it is a, a pagan burial ground. Okay. But it just seems like the energy from that as well as it being on ley lines. Gotcha. Um, you know, obviously draws, can draw certain types of, of people, people that are sensitive to it, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, some of those people obviously weren't uh, good people. So, Correct. Um, and that is season two, episode eight of Ghost Adventures, so one of the early ones. Oh. But <clears throat> that is what I have for you on the ancient Ram Inn in England. Nice, I think. That's, that's creepy. Just... Yeah. And I, I question the man's sanity... A little bit. Um, I took all of my info from one specific website, mm-hmm. but when I looked this web, this up months and months ago, when I was trying to make it a story and you know realized again that it didn't have enough meat to it. Yeah. I do believe I saw something about <clears throat> his mental state being affected Ooh. by whatever was going on there. And so I don't think it was as cut and dry as uh, he just really loves this old haunted house and, you know, fuck his family. I, I mean, think it that's was something that was spiritually influencing him. That's fair to make you feel sort of, you know, trapped in yeah. that. Old... Um, it was almost like he couldn't leave. Yeah. Like he, he had a job to do. He had to stay there and, and watch over it and put, repair it. So I think it's, it kind of took him over as like an obsession yeah. and his wife and children then decided to leave. So, yeah. <clears throat> so those were our stories. Is there anything else? Questions, comments, or concerns? No, I don't think so. I don't think we have anything else that we needed to bring up. Okay. Well, um, as we did mention earlier in the episode, uh, Brie did make a TikTok video for the pumpkin crisp, so that will be up whenever this episode releases. Other than that, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Baking with Booze. You can send in your listener stories or your recipes into baking underscore with underscore booze at yahoo.com. Other than that, we hope you enjoyed the episode, that you have a fantastic month ahead of you, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.